Welcome to Horror Hideout. I'm Peyton. And I'm Kenzie. And we are your radio talk show hosts for Horror Hideout. Oh my gosh. I never know what's going to come out of your mouth. And you like get that like smile face where you're like, hee hee hee, I'm going to do something. <laughs> this is weird. We haven't podcasted together since the end of Nom. October, Halloween. Ooh. That's a long time. It's a long. Two months. Wow. Wow. I mean, everyone listening to this is freaking out about that. No. but I We're was bigger doing... than Stranger Things. That's how big we are. Oh my gosh, I wish. I'm just kidding. But I, well, I was doing Chucky Chats and it felt so weird not like being with you talking. I'm like, I'm talking to myself. This is awkward. So this is nice. Hi. Hi. Welcome. I know. You. Thank you. <laughs> I see you looking at me. I know. How's life? What's new? What's new in the last two months? Well, you know, everything that we went through together, and now we're here. Started from the bottom? From the top to the mid-top, I stop. If anyone Ooh, can... that's co- poetic. I know. Did you make that up? I did not, and if anyone can quote that for me and tell <laughs> me what song and what band sings that, I will send you something. Blink-182. Nope. Oh. It can't be you. It's got to be a viewer, oh. a listener. Someone oh. with ears. Anyway, my Pop Funko collection has grown in two months. Wait, which one? Which new ones have I got in two months? I will just start from the top. We got Red. No, we don't need to go through all We got all Red's of them. Wife. We got Jordan Peele. We got Child's Play 2. Tiffany. Child's Play. We got It. We got It without makeup on. We got Sam. We got Carrie. You I got really a, can't see I got No, the, the clothes are in the way. Yeah, we're in a closet. Candyman, Stephen King, and classic It. My Stephen brother's King's girlfriend dick. showed up, so I do lashes, and she came to her lash appointment, and she had Pop Funkos in her hand, and I was like, oh gosh, I don't want to get greedy, but oh, like, and the mayor oh from, my gosh. And the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. But she had Pennywise, like the original Tim Curry Pennywise, which I've... Why the hell have I not had that in my collection? Like, that's my favorite movie. Why have I not? That should have been the first one I bought. I don't know. So she came with that one and then Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise, but like without the makeup when he's like, when like Bev's looking at the picture and she sees Pennywise, but it's not Pennywise. It's like man Pennywise. Yes. Mannywise. <laughs> Mannywise. <laughs> exactly. But she gave me that and I'm like, I could cry. Like, that's the way to my heart. Pop Funkos, horror puzzles. Horror shirts. If anyone, yes. if anyone listens to this, finds a uh, Captain Spaulding Pop Funko, <gasps> yes. and sends it to Kenzie, she will love you forever oh, because I, those I are really cry. hard to find. Really, know, really, really hard, hard to find. And like you can find anything online, but with Pop Funkos, me and Peyton like to find them in person or mm. like. You know, if we get something for a gift. Yeah, it's or... like it's like part of the fun is like you find like a store of pop funkos and you gotta like dig through the entire store to like find something. And it's crazy because like if you take something from the front, it could be, I don't know, Barney, and you take Barney off the shelf and there's like a Pokemon one behind it. You know, it's like it's never like yeah. the same thing figure behind. I wish the more stores would organize them from like category, like Pokemon, horror, whatever. But it's like horror. they're all mixed. Sluts. Oh my gosh, hose. Um, that store in the mall, though. FYE. Yeah, the I but the one. How the freak did we not know it was at? By the, the way, mall. mall still exists. Everyone. Yeah, me and Peyton are at the mall, and we're trying to buy our daughter a pop Funko for Christmas, 
And we're like, oh, let's go to FYE because they have so many. So we leave the mall that we're at. To go to the other mall. Yeah. That's like a whole city away. Only to realize that the other mall had an FYE and it was so much better. And oh, and it was closed. Yeah. So we didn't even get to go. Womp, womp, womp. But the FYE in the mall that we went to that you weren't at, Mm -hmm. we got to go back there. They had so many. Well, the other FYE has a lot too. Yeah, like... So I guess, yeah. But anyway, I like wish I could stay there forever and like look through them, but I didn't want to annoy mom and Maddie nerding out because Peyton would sit there with me and go through each one. We would go through every single Pop Funko until we saw them all and then we'd leave. The problem is you wouldn't find a Captain Spaulding one no. there. What's what's that even off of? What movie is that? House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah. And Nine Dead. You wouldn't you wouldn't even hell. find that one at a store. It, it would be like the equivalent of going to like... Not like a GameStop, but like a store that sells classic games and they like, they like price the game based on like the economy of games. Yeah. eBay, Amazon, whatever. And, uh, you know, that would be one that's like so rare that they would probably charge a decent amount for it. But that's why if we found that one, I would like cry. Like I'd literally be like, oh my gosh, yes, sold. I'm not even looking at the price tag. Let's go. But it's like I can order it online, but it's just not the same. It's not the same when you get online and order it. You have to, like, go and find it, and then it just, like, means so much more. I guess. I don't know. I'd buy it online. <laughs> well, I mean, there's certain ones I'd buy online, but, like, I like the thrill of finding them. Why are... This episode is not Pop Funkos, and we're, like... Yeah, we're only six minutes in. Pop Funkos. What else is new? Um, Christmas happened. Yeah. That happened. Yep. No, we've just been living I life. We've been. Puzzle. We've been kind of like doing our thing, uh, still watching scary movies here we and there. We slacked, though. Last year, what was our goal? 182? Blink. <laughs> Blink 182 horror movies. We literally, I think we watched 53 horror movies for the year. And you're going to be like, oh, that's good. Because I, t- I don't remember who I talked to. And they're like, oh, that I think it was Tiffany. And she's like, oh, that's good. I'm like, no, that is not good. Yeah, because- but, but I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> Season three, more dad jokes, everyone. Oh my gosh. Is that your slogan? That's my slogan. Just adopted that. Oh, I miss the more sexual yep, content. Yeah, less sexual content, more dad jokes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, 2021, though, we watched from like June or July until the end of the year, 100, no, wait. 101 Dalmatians? No, it was like 108. So it's Dalmatians. pretty sad that in a whole year, we watched even less than like half the year before. But this year, we're doing it. Oh, Every day we're doing Every it. Day. <laughs> oh, looking forward to that. Woo. Um, we're on a roll though. We're already at two, and it's like really, it's been eleven days. Yeah, we ain't Techni- doing it every day. Though this episode, we're pre-recording, so we hopefully have watched a lot more by the time this releases. Oh, we're talking about movies. What are you talking? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Shut up. Whoa. Whoa! Less sexual content. More dad jokes. Yes. Well, uh, so yeah, we're we're back. We're here. We're doing the thing. We're doing the thing. And uh, yeah, we figured that today's episode will. Okay, I'm getting the stop sign. <laughs> Slow down there. Horror news of the week. Oh yeah, horror news Just of the kidding. week. Just kidding. We got a horror news of the week, guys. Are you ready for this? Playboy Bunny, Samantha Wheeler. <laughs> Who the freak is Samantha Wheeler? <laughs> She's not a Stranger Things. Really? I don't know. It's a Wait, Wheeler. Who's Sam Wheeler? <laughs> I don't know. I there just is not a Sam Wheeler, you weirdo. Um, yeah. 
Um, horror news of the week. Ready? I wrote down three movies, and I will be honest with you, I have not watched these trailers yet, which is horrible, because I literally, as soon as a horror movie comes out, I watch the trailer. I have Infinity Pool, Fear, and Unwelcome. Those came out, like, three days ago. But the one I'm really excited comes out on Friday, and it's Knock at the Cabin. Dang, that comes out so soon, too. I'm not going to be able to read the book before. Knock at the Cabin in the Woods? Knock at the Cabin in the Woods, no. But... Me and Peyton watched the first trailer that released, and I feel like it didn't give anything away. It made it really, like, I don't know. You know when, like, Jordan Peele releases trailers and you, like, have no idea what it's about? Or, like, Annabellum, when that trailer came out, where, like, we still don't even know what the movie's about. It, like, leaves you, like, questioning. I feel like that's how the first trailer was. But then we were at the movies last night. They had, like, the extended trailer, and I feel like it just shows so much. I'm like, why do we have to do that in a trailer? Like, why? But Knock at the Cabin looks really freaking good. That's pretty much all the horror news we have for the week. Okay, Peyton, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Megan, which is a TV show based and starring uh, on Drake Bell and Josh Peck. And they have this little sister whose name is Megan. You just said starring on. Starring on. (laughs) Starring on Drake Bell and Josh Peck. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I want to say things on <laughs> on purpose, wrongfully, so people can, you know, come find me and be like, you said this wrong. You're a boob. You said this wrong. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're talking about Megan, the, the animatronic uh, robot doll lady thing. Uh, AI. AI. And yeah, we saw that. We saw it in theaters. That's uh, something we don't do often is go to theaters these days. Uh, not for any particular reason. We just simply don't. We only go to theaters if it's a movie we want to see really bad. Because I'm like, I'm not going to pay these ridiculous inflated prices. Yep. And how much was your soda? It was like literally an eight ounce. I guess. It was like five bucks. Yeah, for it was like... the same price that it cost to get in the movie because we went on half off day. Yeah, his soda costed more than... Costed? Costed more. It cost, cost more. Cost more. Yeah, I know what it's like. Oh my gosh, Peyton. So anyway... Uh, so just so you should know, this is a spoiler review. We're going to talk about the movie a little bit here in details and then talk about what we liked and disliked about the movie. And if that is going to be a problem for you, you just listen to like 10 plus minutes of nonsense. <laughs> so. No, because in the caption, it will say spoiler review. So oh, okay. obviously, if you can read, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I am sorry. <laughs> somebody's blindly clicking <laughs> on some random podcast uh, uh, platform because they can't read. <laughs> what does... <laughs> t- 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 the... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. So the movie starts out... What, what's the little girl's name? What's the main girl's name? Megan? No. I'm just kidding. Um, Katie. Katie. So movie starts out with Katie. She's sitting in the car with her parents. They're going skiing. And the car is driving on a snowy road to such ski resort. And uh, the snow conditions are so bad, it's a whiteout, and they can barely see anything outside. So they're just kind of chilling. They're kind of like freaking out, and uh, parents are kind of arguing with each other. And as they basically are arguing, uh, a snowplow comes out of nowhere and hits their car, and it kind of pans to present-day Megan movie. Uh, essentially what you learn is that the parents had died and the girl is now being temporarily adopted or just in custody of uh, the sister of the mom. So the aunt, right? 
the aunt. And wait, you said okay. So I was listening to an interview today of Megan, and the little girl um, said aunt. I'm like, okay, what is the proper pronounce pronunciation for aunt? Is it aunt or aunt? Like, why do people say aunt? Uh, it's probably more English in nature. To Anytime say I aunt, hear people but... say that, but it, she was not English. So yeah, but I'm like, uh, like we live in Utah. We say things weird in general. Aunt. Aunt. Yeah, but I'm like, it's so weird to me. Aunt, Aunt Maddie. Anyway, so the the aunt of <laughs> of Katie is, uh, I think this is taking place in Seattle. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure I caught on to Seattle, and she is kind of like the lead developer of a major toy making corporation, and she had developed a product called like a like a I don't even remember like a fur Furby or something and frenzy or yeah yeah Kenzie will look that up but no it's it's not really all right she's not gonna look that up <laughs> so there she made this toy and this toy is like revolutionary for its time it was like one of the leading sale items of of the kids toy world and uh, the CEO gets kind of pissed upon present day of this movie that a company that's a rival had made a cheaper alternative to that toy. So he's kind of putting pressure on the aunt to kind of figure out, um, you know, how can they develop that product and make it cheaper? But what he doesn't know is that she's been working on this like AI robot thing the entire time under the company's radar, spending their money. And they weren't quite ready for uh, the uh, the first impression demo for that CEO. But it kind of happens accidentally and um, it kind of transpires under this like big pressure on the aunt. So she's. Uh, she's on a deadline to basically figure out this toy crisis. And then at the same time, she kind of inherited this little girl and she's not really motherly material, uh, to begin with, not so maternal as you will while she's developing and trying to figure out what to do. She basically, uh, expedites the build of Megan, which, which means something. I honestly don't remember what that meant. Uh, it was like, I don't remember what M was, but it was like, Generate like third. Yeah, it's just like generate. a like a acronym. Is that what you call that? Yeah, what like was a, that? Like a series of words that mean something. But anyway, uh, it, it came down to the name Megan, and Megan kind of has this ability to synchronize with its user, making it a unique synchronization. It's like it's like pairing an Apple Watch to your phone, right? It's like kind of your specific build. Model 3 Generative Android. Gotcha, which means Megan. But, uh, yeah, so she expedites the build of Megan and uh, suddenly does the demo of of this AI, and it just, it just passes with flying colors, basically, and so they kind of want to, like, expedite it even further from there. And Megan's kind of built to be spontaneous to to cater to the needs of its primary user, but also kind of, like I said, cater to those needs and keep those needs as a priority. And so Megan kind of becomes more maternal naturally in a way, taking care of Katie and making the most of uh, her daily routines. Uh, so for example, I think one of like the marketing pitches was Katie for some reason doesn't flush the toilet. And if, if the aunt has to keep explaining why flushing the toilet is important, it just becomes cliche and meaningless. But for some reason, Megan, who appears to be the same age as Katie, like an eight-year-old girl, it seems to connect with her more. So that's kind of the selling point is that parents can potentially replace their 
constant need to re-explain things over and over and over again to their kids. So the, the connection with Katie and Megan is like pretty intense right from the get-go. And uh, do you want to take over from there? Or? Um, sure. So then basically from there, Katie and Megan are having like this little friendship bonding thing and we just see how Megan responds to things and how she works and how she like basically adapts to everything that's going on and as time goes on you start to see little like glitches almost in the system where like Megan will not cooperate with Gemma because she is connected. Gemma's the aunt? Mm -hmm. I cannot get over you saying aunt. (laughs) Aunt. That's so weird to me. Not, like, no offense to anybody that says aunt. Like, that's totally cool. But, like, I've never heard Peyton say that. But anyway, um, what's the word when you're, like, bonded to something where they, like, you know, touch hands? They're, like... Synchronized. Synchronized. So she's synchronized to Katie. So a lot of the stuff Gemma's trying to do isn't working because she's synchronized to Katie. So she's not really responding to Gemma in the way that Gemma's trying to, like, shut her down or, like, say turn off or whatever. And then things start to get crazy. Um, the well, neighbor... real, real fast, it's important to note that uh, naturally because of the way that the state works, uh, Katie had been paired with like a trauma therapist who's mm-hmm. trying to like assess the needs of this child and whether the home that she's temporarily in is fit for her or not. And so that adds pressure on Aunt Gemma. Jemima and Jemima anyway (laughs) so they uh where am I going with this oh she talks about how uh the the connection with Megan may be replacing maternal needs altogether almost like Kate later all right no you you could say that but that's later well then go for it that's when they're that's like towards like the end almost at first we have the situation with the crazy neighbor so the neighbor has been like spraying her pesticides over onto their property and she has a dog that's pretty intense what kind of dog is it like a german shepherd or something no it's like a healer or something Uh, it's a very aggressive dog and it keeps coming onto Gemma's property and she's so they have conflict her and the neighbor have conflict and then katie and i'm pretty sure that was the first big situation that happened was the dog right i believe so so Katie and Megan were outside playing and Katie lost her little arrow thing to the neighbor's yard. So Megan went to retrieve it and then the dog ends up attacking Megan, which Katie tries to intervene, gets bit by the dog. Gemma calls the cops and the cops are like, there's really nothing we can do. And the neighbor's just freaking out, basically blaming Gemma and stuff. So that was like the first little like indication of something's wrong with Megan because she would do the creepy little, you know, stare off. She's like, she's like assessing. Megan doesn't really respond to things unless if Katie is talking mm-hmm. to Megan. Uh, so she's just kind of sitting there like assessing and analyzing. Yeah. Like building this pool of like knowledge and things that will help her to carry on the tasks that she's supposed to do, which is protect Katie. So this dog attacks. So obviously it's an enemy at this point. And major trigger warning for anybody that doesn't like animal violence dog dies it's not like but the the thing is okay this movie is pg-13 so it's you could not say like it was a little intense. rough oh my gosh <laughs> more dad jokes <laughs> yeah i don't feel like it was like super like nothing in this movie is very graphic and i mean we'll get to like our thoughts and feelings on that but 
yeah, so it's it's not like a major trigger warning, but I mean, it does imply that something happened. So she ends up murdering the dog and the neighbor's looking for it the next day. And obviously Gemma has no clue, you know. So then just stuff like that keeps happening. Like, and this is where like all the people from other companies come in, like hire up people to see Megan in action. And I th- I'm pretty sure Katie went off script. Like she was supposed to do something but she was having like a rough moment because her parents passed away. So she starts crying and Megan comes in and she's in one of those rooms where it's like they can see her, but she can't see them. It's like the two-way mirror. And she's just talking about how she does it. Like it's sad that she's going to forget memories of her parents. And then Megan does this whole like heartfelt, like I'm going to keep your memories so you remember them. And everybody's crying in the audience and everything. But side note, I did not realize that this was actually a horror comedy Like, you know how, like, some horror movies have, like, subtle comedy in it? So, but it's still a horror movie. It's not technically a horror comedy. I didn't know this was straight up a horror comedy until today. I just, I just learned that. Yeah, I looked on, because Maddie asked me yesterday, she's like, is it a horror comedy? I think people think that because of, like, the whole dance scene and everything. I'm like, no, it's, like, straight up horror. But then there was a lot of comedy in it, but it didn't, like, overshadow things. But I looked online today and it literally is a horror comedy. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, well, like comedy relief and stuff, right? I mean, there's a lot of moments. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but that, I mean, but that happens in a lot of scary movies where they have a little bit of comedy, but it's not classified as a horror comedy. This is like truly labeled a horror comedy. I had no idea. But anyway, that's that's the only reason I laughed at that situation, just because of stuff that happens in the movie. Like with the boss, like stuff that happens with him cracks me up when he's like clapping. He's like, yeah. Anyway. So then they go home and Katie starts to kind of retaliate a little bit. You can see her attitude changing and that's where like the therapist told her when trauma happens, kids will cling on to the next thing that they find comfort in and usually it's a person. So it should be the aunt Gemma. Usually it's a maternal figure. Yes. So it should be whoever their next guardian is. But since Megan came into the picture and that's kind of who she adapted to and clung to that's who is giving her that comfort and that's not always good it's kind of like technology you know kids that have tablets all the time and stuff like it gets to a point where it's like too much and the parents almost lose a little bit of control and so you can see that with Katie with her kind of retaliating getting aggressive getting upset a lot more and so Gemma's thinking okay we need to get her in some kind of school that will help her So they go to this like outdoor wilderness type of school that will be good for her because it's really more hands-on stuff. But she wants to bring Megan. And of course, you can't bring Megan to school, but they have a toy table. So little Megan's sitting up there with the teddy bears and she gets paired. um, Katie gets paired with a bully. And do you want to go from here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they're, they're instructed to go look for something in the woods, like some kind of nut. And uh, I'm serious. <laughs> Don't give me that look. So anyway, well, uh, nut. <laughs> they're like looking and the kid, the kid grabs something sharp and like forces it in her hand and clenches her hand shut on it. So it hurts her. And that's when Megan kind of gets activated and she comes in and basically teaches that bully a lesson. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he, she like she rips off his ear. Which do you okay now thinking about it? Do you think they went back and re-edited that part to make it not look so graphic? Because with his ear stretching, I saw so many TikTok comments where people were like, ears do not stretch like that. Like, I just picture a rated R version 
and her like pulling his ear and there's like blood yeah it looked more it like looked like they went back in and edited it to make it look less maybe that and that's something we're gonna uh emphasize at the end here as well but no so uh she activates to teach him a lesson and rips off his ear chases him through the woods and then he like tumbles down a hill and gets hit by a car and dies so that's the second uh victim that pretty much well i guess that's the first actual human death so yeah, there was the dog, the dog and then there's the bully and so it looks like a freak accident at first like there's no red flag on megan because like the mom or the aunt was like kind of you know with the the main group and katie didn't quite see it so to all to all everyone thinks it's just like a freak accident so they go home and um you know the next door neighbor is still freaking out trying to figure out where her dog is and she's just calling out like endlessly you know panicking and she ends up finding megan in her uh storage shed i think right in the backyard Mm mm-hmm and she lures Megan lures her in by like barking like a dog or whimpering like a dog, which makes her think that the dog's really in the backyard and then basically kills her with like a pressure washer in the that was in such a nail a gun cool scene. If that was rated R whew. and a nail gun. Oh, I'd remind me to talk about that at the very end. Yeah, I, no, I, if that I was have... rated R. That would have been like that scene alone. I'm like, this is so unsettling. Imagine being like killed by being like pesticide like having pesticides shoot shot at your face and like basically burning your face off yeah think of like terrifier like that kind of gore in megan whoa yep so after this death almost immediately the next morning happens and the police knock on the door and they i'm i'm developing so many red flags right now like just remind me to talk about that whole scene at the very end oh yeah no we will. as we're i'm talking about it this. i got i got problems i mean we can talk about it as we go it's not like we have to tell that we can pause and be like oh let's talk about this well i guess if anybody's there's seen no rules here if anybody's seen the movie i i have major problems with that scene i genuinely do because first off no nail gun on planet earth uh fires without a safety mechanism being pressed in so the gun has to be up against something and then the mechanism can be released also those guns are powered by compressed air so what the freaking heck gave that gun the power to shoot that nail across the entire uh shed to hit her hand and pin her to the ground so that's unrealistic. I thought nail guns shoot out and hard also, so that they can go into the also, surface they're going in. No, it doesn't work like that. And also, how did the police even get involved? Who? How did the, how did the police even know to go over to her house? If she was the only one living there and she had a dog that was dead, there was no welfare check on her to be needed. Did it show how many days went by, though? No, it was the very next morning. But there was blood rolling down the sidewalk into the gutter no so explanation they on that blood, they could have but no explanation on that that's a Peyton black hole think, theory the, the thing about you though with this when we were talking about it on the way home you were thinking way too outside the box like, you said logical. there were no rules i just figured i would no 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 something. i get that like and you have the right to your opinion but i think sometimes with horror movies you can't think way too logically or you're going to find stuff we there are more ridiculous movies than this movie that i have been less critical on so i'm just telling you like if that's the case like how at the end of the movie did the cops show up but they didn't call the cops yet but it didn't show them calling the cops but the cops showed up well because the ladies at the corporate the lady and the test dude probably were in the cop car with them so they knew that megan how had did probably they get there right at that very second that oh, they were walking out the door that's I'm just kidding. literally a dumb question so they what? safe space here i know I no know. dumb questions i still love you <laughs> so next day cops show up uh miraculously uh from somebody who didn't call them and 
uh, that's when Aunt Jemima starts figuring out that there's something wrong with Megan, and she kind of starts to question that a little bit. For some reason, I don't know, Aunt Gemma built a AI robot without any safety protocol or limitations to harm humans, and she's she's notably kind of acknowledging that, and so she kind of figures that it's time to bring Megan in for some diagnostics and testing because the big global reveal is supposed to be happening that night. But Katie at the same time is having like a full-on teenager-ish meltdown, preteen meltdown, because she really wants to be around Megan. Megan is her safe space. But like Katie also doesn't know that Megan may be like a murderer. So uh, the aunt is like trying to like not make rash decisions, uh, accusations. She's just trying to get Megan to the diagnostic uh, like center or uh, like her little lab to basically figure out like what she can figure out, right? So that's basically kind of what transpires from there. So at the same time that they're running the diagnostics, the global uh, reveal event is kind of being prepped. And uh, the CEO of this event is like super stressed and freaking out and just kind of being like the typical, you know, Fortune 500 CEO, like nothing's good enough. And he's just he's a very needy person. And uh, I don't did you want to take over at the global reveal event or? So they're having that event and Gemma and her two friends that are kind of over this whole Megan situation that built Megan, they're kind of having second thoughts. They're like, okay, obviously, like they don't know about the deaths, but they know there has been situations and Megan's not functioning as she should. So they're like, we can't like go on with this. Like it's not right to like announce this to the world and go forward with it. So they're trying to figure that out. And I think at this point too, Gemma is realizing how Megan's affecting Katie in a negative way and that she needs to kind of step up and be a parent. So she tells her friends, like, do what you got to do. Tell, like, the CEO guy, the guy that's over the company, like, that something happened so we can't go forward with this right now. So she, Gemma leaves with Katie to take her home and the other two are left with Megan. So they have, like, Megan all hooked up to all these things and something goes wrong. So they're like, okay, we need to unplug these whatever behind her like these little yeah there's wires going wires behind her to like get the system up again so the guy's doing that and i mean the whole time you're on edge because you're like is she gonna move that's what i love about movies like this you're like anytime they walk up to the like doll or anything like that you're like it's something gonna happen so they pull out all the wires and then they realize crap like she's pulling a fast one on them she ends up strangling the one guy with the cord the guy is fine guy is good. I was so bummed. I'm like, please do not kill the innocent people. But anyway, she ends up walking through the company building and this is where the infamous Megan dance happens. The he infamous. stood up and started dancing on this part. I'm just kidding. He did dance at the end though in front of everybody. I actually found that scene to be better than I anticipated. Oh, yeah. I thought in it would trailer, be so cringe. In the trailer, everybody was like, that that was like the number one thing I ever like saw comments talking about was the dance. And that's how it was too for that Wednesday movie. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, the dance before it came out. And then they were obsessed with it when it came out. Well, the dance itself is not longer than it was in the trailer, which is super minimal. It's probably about eight seconds and it ends with her grabbing like, like a paper cutter blade, which turns mm-hmm. into like a machete. And so the music I, was so much better than the trailer one. Like, yeah. it kind of fit the eerie, like... I thought I thought that it was, uh, it was welcomed. 
it was it was a surprise and a treat. Go ahead. And you have to remember, I think the thing people don't realize, and a lot of people who maybe aren't into horror and they see this trailer, this is a horror comedy. So it is going to have those like campy, cheesy moments. Like you can't, it's not like we're watching um, like Insidious or Evil Dead. Some, like you're not going to see like Evil Dead, the demon start whipping out a dance. This is a horror comedy. It's going to happen. But I actually loved that scene. I love that dance. I don't care what people say. But she ends up chasing the boss guy down the hall. He gets to the elevator. The other guy is like coming up the elevator and the boss is like, go down, like close the doors, close the doors. The doors don't close fast enough. And the guy gets stabbed by Megan with the paper cutter in the ballroom. I'm just kidding. In the elevator. And then she ends up basically kind of blackmailing the other guy that is part of the company, like telling him, oh, you were jealous of the boss. So you ended up killing him and then you killed yourself because of the guilt. So then she ends up slitting his throat, leaves the building, heads out in a Tesla to drive home. And I mean, thank goodness we have driving cars now because can you imagine a doll getting in a car? Then you really would be like, no. Right. Fake. But anyway, heads over to Gemma's house. Peyton, take over. So they go back to Aunt Jemima's house and they, yeah, like, so as far as the aunt knows, everything's fine. Diagnostics are being ran. They're safe. She kind of feels like Katie's like in a better headspace finally. And she's like sleeping in bed. And that's when Megan kind of approaches the aunt. At this point, Megan has mimicked the voice of several people multiple times. And uh, the confrontation's pretty violent initially. Uh, she kind of like tries to explain what her master plan is. And that's to paralyze the aunt uh, in a way where she can't move. But also she's she's still there. So uh, it doesn't give any red flags to Katie. And Megan can basically take care of both of them in a way. As, as the, her plan is being explained, Katie kind of interrupts from a distance. They're kind of in a room. It's like a living room and a kitchen but there's kind of like a like a, a wall between it a little bit, like a half wall. Katie's being told to go back to bed by by Megan and using the voice of the aunt. And she turns around and says, like, you know, if you say anything, I'm going to kill you. Like, so this is when, like, Megan's full colors are showing and, like, who she pretty much really is and plans to be. The, the, the fight basically ensues from here. So they, they're basically fist fighting and they're, uh, it gets everybody involved including Katie and they finally make it into a different room which I don't know why we forgot to talk about a very important part of this movie until just now but in her house she has like a product development room too and a project that she was working on in college is this like robot thing uh, that can be controlled with gloves on her fists and so they go into that room uh, there's so many moments where you think that the aunt's gonna die and so is Katie and, uh, well, Katie's kind of out of the picture so much by this point, I guess. But uh, at some point, Katie shows up and she's wearing the gloves of this robot. And Katie kind of gets into a mini fight with the robot. Robot ultimately wins. And it, it's kind of a cool scene in a way. Like, it gets Katie involved. Katie kind of has, like, a self-realization that, like, the situation is far worse than she could have imagined. Which is nice because I feel like it kind of started out with you thinking that Katie was going to go against Gemma. Yeah, it gives side with Megan. It gives Katie a redemption moment because uh, Megan can kind of uh, she can detect like stress levels and anxiety of of people, and somehow Katie like tricked and took advantage of the ability to of Megan's ability to make her trust even Katie, and she uses that to basically fight Megan and ultimately. 
uh, wins. So by this point, Megan's pretty much torn to shreds uh, because of this giant robot thing that fights her. The movie basically ends with them walking out their front door and all of the police show up. The two co-workers that she worked with that allegedly may have died in that explosion suddenly get out of the car. And as they're walking out towards the police cars, uh, this little Alexa type device thing turns around in, in the kitchen behind her, implying that Megan is still alive and in the artificial intelligence of the house. And that's how the movie ends. Mm-hmm. So uh, ultimately, it's just like the moral of the story is kind of like, you know, kind of how and we battle like with our kids with this, but kind of how like tablets and technology kind of becomes too distracting for kids. And like, it's not meant to replace it's supposed it, yeah, it's convenient, but it's not supposed to replace paternal and maternal days. needs on, on kids. And so kind of control the things that can kind of distract your kids, but not in a way that makes them depend on those things. That's kind of what I gained from that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was like the biggest thing with the movie is just like, you gotta be, a parent you can't just pawn your kids off on technology and all of that because it backfires and but at the same time it's like a growing moment for the aunt because she's kind of she wasn't really ready for that challenge right she was kind of i mean had she not had katie throwing on her which it's not anyone's fault the parents just got in that accident uh she probably could have developed megan in a more appropriate time frame built those types of restrictions and stuff but because she had the pressure of so much going on around her she took shortcuts apparently and that's kind of how that transpires well it kind of helped her grow up she was you know very sucked into her work and that was her life and it kind of opened her up to like a different world like there's more outside of this than working Mm -hmm. i almost wonder though with that end scene and before the end before you know when megan does get back to the house and she is fighting with Gemma. i almost feel like if Gemma wouldn't have fought back megan probably would have just went on as if life was normal i don't think she would have paralyzed Gemma at that point i think she was wanting Gemma to kind of feel threatened and be like you know i'm in control of you and this is how it's gonna be but then when Gemma started fighting back that's when she's like because Gemma brought up the whole like katie if i die like katie's gonna go live with her dad's parents and like then what are you gonna do and that's when she's like you know well i can just paralyze you and then we just live this life Okay, before we go on with anything else, I want everybody to think of what you think Peyton would rate this and what I rated this on a scale of five. Five stars being the best, one star being the worst. Take a minute, lock in your result. Do, 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 do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, Peyton, what did you rate this? Well, before I say it, I feel like it's probably a little more obvious because I kind of talked about like the ridiculous dog scene um and like the shed scene and kind of like how i didn't really like that so people probably guessed that my vote was lower and your vote was probably higher but i'm excited to hear your vote because yesterday you're like i need to sleep on it and really think about it like i heard your like what you rated it yesterday but i want to see like what you rated it today after you kind of thought about it okay i'm gonna stick with my rating of 3.5 lame so, so uh, I don't explain this enough or we don't in general, but like five is, oh my gosh, that movie is amazing. Like I could watch that again. It becomes a rewatchable movie. It's a cult classic for us. Four for me is it's good. You don't have to watch it all the time or even once a year. It's just a movie that like really sets the bar for you. So three is kind of like the average, you know, like, oh, that was good. Like I may consider watching it again. Like I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't love it, but it was good. 
You mm-hmm. know, it's, that's that's the 50 percentile. Right. And then two is kind of like I didn't like it, but I'm glad I got that out of the way. And one is just about the is in most cases, it's a DNF. Like there's been a couple of movies where we didn't even finish it because it wasn't good. There's and only been one. No, wait, has there? I swear there's only been one movie we didn't finish. I th- Well, I the. I don't know. Like, I just remember, like, Pretty Little Thing in the House and then whatever the one is. We give that a half star. That's sad. Yeah, that's that's how bad it was, though. Like, but but we both, it kind of kept us, like, somehow, and I don't I don't want to get into that movie. It's just, like, it kept us intrigued long enough to where we kept thinking something big was going to happen that would, like, blow our mind, and it was just such a letdown after that. Same with that other one we Like, thanks for baiting me in and then slapping my butt, you know? Like... I don't like that. that. I'm thinking about ending things was the same way. I'm like, okay, something good has to happen because they do have well-known good actors in it. And it didn't. But that's like a whole different story. Yeah, absolutely. So so three and a half for me, I feel like is a generous review because if three is kind of like, a, oh, it was good. Like, I, I'm glad I watched it. I could potentially watch that again. Giving that a little bit of a half star above that was like, okay, it exceeds the expectation that it was good, but it's definitely not great. Yeah. I gave this a five. I loved this. We got done. We saw this with Maddie, my sister, and her husband. And I feel like everybody in our little group was like kind of on the same page as Peyton. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. And I'm like, I freaking loved it. But I knew I was going to like this movie from the second I like saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. I'm like, yep, sold. Can't wait to see it. And that wasn't me setting like high expectations and trying to like stick with that expectation. I genuinely really liked it. I think I liked it more than Child's Play Remake, which I hate to say. And maybe it's just because it's so fresh and new. Sure. I get that. There's a little bit of hype with it. But I just feel like it was so... It's just creepy that she's the size of a child. It's not like this teeny little thing. Like, she's the size of a child. Like, that just makes her so much scarier and she's just more human-like. But I, I don't know. I just had so much fun with this. Like, the film style was awesome the actors were great choices perfect like subtle comedy like where I said it didn't I didn't think it was a horror comedy I thought it was just that subtle like oh let's throw in a little splash of comedy just you know because some horror movies do that but no sure yeah there were moments there were super funny moments in it like for example uh the dad or not the dad the guy who was the uh secretary or assistant to the ceo there's a moment where he's like stealing files about the Megan project. And when he comes, when the CEO comes to talk to him, he like quickly closes the laptop and you can totally tell that he's up to something. But instead of the CEO being like, what are you doing? He's like, you're not porn hubbing an office again, are you? Like, like there's just a couple moments that are just so, they're so funny. The comic relief is perfect. What was the part that you, you literally laughed so freaking loud. I think it was the part where she's like, oh yeah, he, my son, he's so sensitive and She's oh, like, yeah. hi, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she's like, he, yeah, like the kid looks way older than he should be. And uh, she like gives him like a cute little high, like happy mother. And he just says F you and calls her by her first name in response. <laughs> and yeah, so comic relief is is perfect in this movie. It's not overdone, but it's definitely noticed. Uh, I feel like uh, just like the realism. This is my problem with it. The the. The aunt is this really smart person, okay? She she obviously did great in college because she built this incredible robot that she's uh, showing uh, Katie. And it's not even Megan. It's the actual robot that she puts the gloves on if you've seen the movie at this point. Like Bruce or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, like, you have to think that if she were able to build 
Bruce, be able to build a, a mind and intelligence, cameras. She obviously built some kind of limitation to some degree with him. And you don't, and she builds toys that have to, you have to think safety first for all kids. Like safety first is the number, is the number one goal for any toy in the world for anyone. So she obviously is capable of thinking about that. And it's like, she completely disregards it to the point where she, she invented something that the military should be using. That's kind of my problem is she just simply like she built something that's too sophisticated for her own good. And the fact that the CEO even fell for that was ridiculous. Like he should have been, whoa, red flag. No, like maybe we should not be a toy company anymore. Maybe we should sell this crap to the military or the Pentagon or something because we got Iron Man 2.0 on our hands is what it kind of felt like to me. But he was money hungry. He was, he was greedy and that was his demise at the end. But I kind of felt like the, her, her the, the aunt's, ability to just disregard completely in favor to expedite a project to save her job nobody thinks like that i'm sorry in the position that you are she is she's too smart for that i felt like it was an insult to her character and i i stand with that i really do but you know and then at the very end she kind of walks out the house and she, the cops show up and she seems relieved that she's safe now and she's in the police's hands and i'm thinking bull crap like you're gonna stand trial now because you invented a product that murdered like five people and a dog like like you have no idea how screwed you are and to be honest with you if they make a sequel because it's completely left open for it they're probably gonna disregard that but yeah but it could be on the company too it could fall more under the company than her technically sure. so it could be a lawsuit against the company and she might not have that would be affect. sure i i i suppose that that's possible that's but where you're thinking too outside the box i'm just saying she she invented something that should be used in combat if that robot could be that that great so i just i just think that that was a little unrealistic in nature my least favorite death was the death of the neighbor um that was my favorite but well okay it wasn't my favorite i like the kid with the whole ear th situation that was like eerie and stuff but the neighbor just thinking about it like not what happened like obviously on screen it wasn't as intense but just visually in your head thinking of that situation but the rated r version i guarantee is so much more brutal than that and i cannot wait till it comes out sure because i guarantee they're gonna drop an unrated version of this and it's gonna have all those scenes and they're gonna be gory and bloody and amazing well and that concept aside i will go back to yeah the comic relief did help me with the movie but also just the the actors were were great uh there isn't a bad role being played everybody was picked perfect from the producer uh director standpoint or whatever um and lastly oh the girl who plays megan it's pretty obvious at times that a little girl is playing the megan girl but then there's times where it's very believable she's a robot. I kind of feel like I like the fact that it feels human at times and robotic at times. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of questioning when, when, which scenario was the right scenario. And so, like, it kind of had me guessing sometimes. And if I am thinking that much outside the box and I'm that confused and I'm trying to figure out exactly what feels real and fake, uh, they did a really good job with that uh, personally for me. So it's just, like, the concept on the script is good. The concept just, like is a little ridiculous for what it is but um yeah three three and a half stars i felt like that was generous i really really genuinely feel like that was generous it's a five star guys i'm just kidding but i literally i've seen okay the thing i'm so pumped about this movie it's a january release and january movie horror movies don't do good and the fact 
last year Scream did really good and then this year we got Megan and it did really good I'm like yes like awesome like let's get like these good January releases out and that's where I kind of got nervous was where they had it in January I'm like okay this is either gonna be really good or it's gonna be like really bad Sure. I would watch the sequel, no doubt. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a sequel because the movie already doubled the profit uh, that it took or the double the revenue that it took to make that movie. Mm -hmm. So it seems pretty obvious to me that there's going to be a sequel. Oh, definitely. I actually saw something that said that James Wan was trying to sell this to Warner Brothers, but they thought it was too close to Annabelle. So they didn't want to go forward with it. So then he went to Universal with it. And then now think of how good it's doing. Do you think Warner Brothers is like, oh, like we should have took this on. Like how crappy would that be to like kind of like refuse something and then it does really good. Yeah. Because this movie is like number two right now. Right. So. Behind behind multi-hundred million dollar Avatar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If Avatar wasn't here, this would definitely be number one right now. I really, really, really like Allison Williams. Like she is taking. Is that Anne Jemima? <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Like, most people don't connect the name no, of the yeah, real actor no, yeah. to the character. But she's, like, taking over the horror community. Like, she's really good in horror roles. Like, I loved her in Get Out. Okay, I hated her in Get Out, actually. Let's be honest. I loved her. Like, she did so good oh, in yeah, that role. Oh, yeah, she is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, she did so good in that role of making you, like, believe that she's a good person. But then when you find out that she's not, it's like you hate her so freaking bad. Like, she's very good at, like making you just like pissed and then the perfection she was in the perfection and her role in that is just so she's just like a very believable actress like I feel like she doesn't have to try hard you know some actors you watch and you're like oh my gosh they're trying so freaking she has a very believable resting face Uh, Mm -hmm. she seems like she's in trauma all the time Uh, she seems like she's her fear face is very realistic Uh, and almost like she has to act on being happy more than she is in trials and tribulations if that makes sense and just like her way of speaking and stuff it's just very believable it's not like she's saying lines like it just feels like she's a person like I really like her as an actress and I can't wait to see where she goes from here I like the whole concept with Megan too where they did even though they use like a human actress as well as using other things as well like the whole mask and like it just I love stuff like that where it's more like practical effects than doing like CGI. Like I feel like that would have taken away from it a lot more. So it was cool seeing more of that realistic side, like her crawling and everything. But I don't know. I loved this. I really do wish it was rated R though. I'm glad it was PG-13 because I feel like it wouldn't like it still probably would have been up there, but probably not as much because not as much not as many people would have been able to see it. So I'm glad that it got a wider audience range, but I wish that we got the rated R. I feel like kids between 14 and 18 probably love this movie. I feel like that's kind of the demographic that would appreciate this movie the most. And then there's me. (laughs) Yeah, but this was fun. I love fun movies like this that are just very chill. You don't have to think too hard. It's not a movie that you go see and you have to like leave and try to like piece together everything. It's very straightforward. What do you think, like, comparing it to Child's Play? I know it's getting a lot of comparison between Child's Play remake and this. Well, it has to compare to the original Child's Play because it's like a real person who voodooed a doll in the original. So uh, the Child's Play remake is comparable in the sense that it's an actual 
artificial intelligence doll of some sort. Um, I I do kind of like how in Child's Play Remake, uh, Chucky is able to to hack and mimic the technology of of the company's products. Uh, that I think it's like Haslan or something. Caslin. Caslin. Caslin has like an app. They have like a home Alexa system. They have like a a car Alexa system or something like that. And Chucky, it's also very big at the time that Chucky's kind of doing his thing in that movie. And so he's able to kind of use that technology to him to his his uh advantage. advantage. But Megan can like break into your phone. She could break into your Alexa. She could break into your your smart thermostat like she could break into the Pentagon like that. That's kind of like what I felt like was a little kind of ridiculous about it. And there should be like a military product of, of sorts. But yeah, but it's she's technology and technology adapts and like she was learning as she went and stuff. So I'm sure that there's ways that she was able to legitimately. Yeah. I only thought of Chucky once at the entire movie. And that was the very end when her face gets split and you can see like her like uh, titanium skull. Uh, behind it that was kind of I was like oh like I see the similar similar similarities she was creepy when she got to that point and and it it was cool like I didn't think that like oh they were copying it I was like oh this is like a welcomed feature so to to me it was it was welcomed I liked it um but I didn't really compare her being like an eight-year-old size kid to Chucky's you know plush size I will be honest I did think it was a copycat back when it was first announced because it was announced like back when Child's Play, kind of around that time that it came out, like, that's when you kind of started seeing, like, Megan News. Not a lot. You'd have to, like, really go dig for it. But I was like, oh, this is, like, the girl version of that. Like, they're copying it. But then you realize that they were coming out at the very same time as the remake. So it's not like it was the remake happened and then this happened. It was, like, these were, like, right around the same time. But then Child's Play Remake got released in 2019, and this took, like, what, three years longer to finally be released and get made? So it really wasn't a copycat. I just, I, like, want to know what the people who did create Child's Play Remake are thinking right now, like, about this movie, especially with how well it did. I want to see, I just want to hear what they think, you know, because you have, like, the people, the original Chucky crew and producers and all that who were like pissed when the remake came out but now i want to see how pissed the remake is about this or if they're just like yeah whatever yeah i guess we'll see in time i am bummed that we didn't get a child's play remake like sequel and maybe we maybe we will maybe megan will kind of open the doors to more of that and then they will be able to come out with a remake for that or a sequel to that because of this Mm -hmm. especially where this did so well but I definitely want to see more of this. Another scene that was creepy was when her, like, body got chopped in half and she comes, like, crawling, like, up the thing. Or when, the, like, that scene we were talking about with the lights flashing and she's kind of malfunctioning and her body is, like, getting all distorted, like, almost like a possessed demon type thing. Like, that stuff creeps me out. But, yeah, I had so much fun with this movie. It was good. Really liked it. Hope we get a sequel. I'm pretty positive we'll get a sequel. I just want to know where they're going to go from here, like what they're going to do. They can't really do the same thing all over again unless they do a whole different person, like a family, you know, and then Megan, I don't know, it's set somewhere else where people don't know about this situation. That's the only thing I can think of or I don't know. I hope the main characters are still connected and it is their story continued because I loved I loved all the actors. But yeah, 
that was our Megan spoiler review. If you haven't seen it, don't listen. I hope you didn't listen to this episode, but if you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. Even if you've listened to this episode and you're not into horror. If you've listened to the episode this far and I ruined it for you or we ruined it for you, it's your fault. It still would be good, though. Like, if you're somebody... I know there's, like, people out there that are scared of horror movies or don't really gravitate towards horror movies. So they go listen to, like, spoiler episodes to kind of hear everything that happens. I feel like this is definitely one that you should watch. I don't feel like it's crazy scary or anything. Definitely not. Because Maddie gets really... More suspenseful than horror. And and comedical. Comic, comedical. Comical. Comical. Um, Maddie gets scared in horror movies, and she... I don't think she was scared of this. So, definitely go check it out. It's not gory. It's not really scary, scary. But, yeah. I'm so excited to see what 2023 brings. This is actually going to be a really good, like, year for horror movies. Because a lot of the stuff that was postponed back when 2020 hit and all the COVID stuff happened is starting to come into production and starting to be released finally. So I'm really excited for this year. Why are you doing that, you weirdo? At least you don't have your little, like, do-rag on today. Yeah, that's right. Peyton likes to just, like, make faces at me. See if I can get her off her game. You, so. He did, like, the pig nose thing, you know? You have a legit line across your nose right now from pushing so hard. <laughs> Perfect. But well, yeah, welcome that. back to Whore Hideout. I'm just kidding. Oh, that was my first song of the year. Um, welcome back to Whore Hideout. We are super excited. I promise we're going to get less awkward because it feels weird to record again. I remember when I we first- I hope we get more awkward. No, but when I started filming or filming, recording podcast episodes by myself, it was so awkward. And I would have to like sit and delete. I would record for 20 minutes and I would literally delete it and start over. Then I started recording with Peyton and I was still awkward, but it got better. So just bear with us while we get the groove again. Anyway, go watch Megan. Head over to our Instagram. It's linked in the description or it's in the description. Let us know what you thought of Megan if you saw it and what you'd want to see in the sequel. But until then, what do you have to say, Peyton? Cue outro music.